Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. Every time I, I know I have to preach, I feel like a child getting ready to go to a camp. <laughs> if you remember, maybe when some of you were younger and when I was younger, when I knew that I had to go to a camp, uh, I couldn't sleep at all that night. I was so excited knowing that I need to wake up in the morning and go to the bus with my luggage and everything and I'll spend one week or whatever with my friends. And I was always, always waking up before the alarm went on, every single time. And it happened this morning as well. I woke <laughs> up before the alarm went on because every time I know I have to share what God is putting on my heart and for us as a church, I, I never take it for granted. And I'm excited every, every single time. I'm nervous every single time, especially before I do it. And uh, I'm really privileged to share this with you. And also welcome those of you that are new. Uh, if you hear me speaking a bit weirdly, I'm Romanian and I still need to work on my accent. <laughs> but I hope you'll understand me. <coughs> so I want to continue where Pastor Mark left off last Sunday. It's we are in this series of movement and multipl- multiplication. Uh, so I, I I'll just quickly read the first 11 verses, 18 verses of chapter 11, and then I will uh, go on with it. So it says in ele- cha- Acts 11, <coughs> starting from verse 1, Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. (coughs) But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being laid down from heaven by its four corners, and came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered the second time from heaven, What God has made clean, <coughs> do not call common. Sorry. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at the very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered this man's house. And he told us how he had seen angel standing in, in his house and say, Send to Job and bring Simon, also called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then, to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Uh, That's basically continuing from from what Pastor Mark spoke about, Cornelius' house. And uh, I want to speak today about implementing godly vision. It's a... it can be a broad title, but I believe it's so relevant for us as a church today in the season and times we are going through. So, first of all, I want to say that as a pattern, God will change a group of people before he will change a community. Yeah, 
And often, the way he changes a person is by breaking down mindsets and cultural worldviews. This is a pattern that you can see throughout the Bible. I'll just give you two quick examples, and then we'll focus on Peter. First one is in John 4, 7 to 10. Basically, Jesus comes to this well, and there's this Samaritan woman, and he goes to her and says, give me some water to drink. And then she says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? And then, if you would read the text in brackets, it says, because Jewish and Samaritans have nothing to do with one another. So what Jesus did was to go to her and challenge her cultural views. The first thing they did, Jesus dared to ask her a woman for water. And she was a bit shocked. Like, like we don't do these things around here, you know. Jewish men don't ask for water from Samaritan women. That's just not how things work. But Jesus did this. He challenged her <coughs> cultural views. He challenged her cultural patterns, if you want. And he asked for water. And then it says in verse 39, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Basically, after Jesus challenged her and changed a bit her, her mindset, they believed, so the, the town believed in Jesus because of the testimony that she brought. The other example is in Mark 5, 18-20. Basically, Jesus uh, heals a man that is possessed by a legion. So, and then Jesus says to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord had done for you and how he has had mercy on you. But he tells him this after he says, Lord, can I come with you? Take me with you. I want to follow you everywhere. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You go back to your home and you preach the word. Again, changing a bit the way he expected to do things. And then he says in verse 20, and he went away and began to proclaim in the capitalist how much Jesus had done for him. He went to preach in a place that Jesus didn't preach. He went in a place that Jesus didn't reach. And he proclaimed God where Jesus didn't proclaim God. And I want to tell you this from the start. You don't need to be full-time ministry to preach the gospel. And you need to, don't need to be full-time ministry to, to do God's work. Basically, he said, I want to be in full-time ministry. Take me with you, Jesus. And he said, no. Go back to where you belong. Go back to where you work. Go back to where you live. And preach the gospel. You know, when God gives us a vision, we need to do what he tells us. And Peter had some of his cultural uh, patterns. We know that on, this, on, the, on, the, on the roof, God comes to him and totally challenges his mind. And I would say that a community changer, so basically someone who has the vision and wants to make a change and an impact, a community changer will first of all put God before the culture. And that is really, really so important. And we know the, the quote that Pastor Mark brings to us lately, which is a really, really good one. And I, last Sunday, it really finally got a grip on me fully. Because when I hear a quote, I don't just... I say, yeah, okay, I just check it, you know, because this is what we ought to do, all of us. And I've seen it so vividly found in the Bible. Godly vision messes with us, it matures in us, and multiplies through us. Now think about Peter on that roof. What happened to him? Basically, this is Peter, the man who in Acts 2 preached, 3,000 men came to faith. Acts 5 preaches again, 5,000 people come to faith. He was taught by the greatest teacher of all times, Jesus Christ. Right? So he is the man. He is the one you would see on TBN maybe or whatever. Where he is like the one that the cameras would follow. He is the one that, I don't know, clothing companies would try to make him wear their clothing and all this stuff. So he is the greatest asset if you want. So he has great experience. He done great things. He can boast if he wants about like thousands and thousands of people being saved through his preaching. But he still had some issues. 
And his issues were his cultural patterns. Because God comes to him and says, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, by no means, Lord. He says this to God, by no means. For nothing unclean or common has ever entered my mouth. So God, I've been so faithful to you all these years. I know that this is not the way we do things around here. You don't eat and kill whatever is in front of you. That's not how we do things. This is what he says to God, basically. And sometimes we might do the same. We come with a vision, or God comes with a vision, and say, no, 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 this is not the way we do church. <laughs> no, I, we know better. I mean, it's years since I've been a Christian. Church is done this way. And then God comes and starts to mess with our mind. Yeah. And that's Peter. He said, by no way, by no means, Lord. Like, you are not with me here every day. You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> I know better. And God comes to Peter and says, kill and eat. A community changer will put God before culture. And that's not really, not an easy thing. It's not ever an easy thing to do. Secondly, a community changer will be convicted by God's word. In verses 15 and 16, Peter says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, so those uncircumcised people, just as on us at the beginning. And then he says, verse 16, And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Finally, the penny dropped. He got it. He remembered that Jesus, before ascending to heaven, while he was with them, says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Yeah, and all of a sudden, he realized that the vision that God is showing him does not contradict God's word. And you know that God's vision will not oppose God's word, but God's word might oppose cultural patterns. Yeah. It might happen. This, this is what happened with Peter. There was God's word. From the beginning, Jesus said, I will pour my spirit. So the vision that he had didn't contradict what God was saying. But it did totally oppose his culture. Yeah. And God starts and starts to mess with his mind. Godly vision will mess with you. And will mess with all of us. So then is the question of, what do we do then? How do we respond to this? Because we know our culture sometimes can raise up a wall. And we don't see it. And Peter on that roof, with all his experience, with all his ministry and all his fruit, he didn't get it just yet on that roof. He said to God three times, no, I will not do it. It's not how we do things. It's, it's just not how we do things. He couldn't understand. But a community changer will let himself be convicted by God's word and will accept God's vision. Yes. Thirdly, a community changer will face criticism. And that's a big one. Because it says that, verse 1, uh, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him. I mean, uh, imagine again going to a camp, or as when I was younger, I used to go to discipleship schools in the summer, worship schools, camps, all this, because I'm really passionate about God. So, you know, in that environment, when you are really fed spiritually, you are really excited, you want to go back to your church and conquer the world, you know, and all things. So I used to come as a young teenager to my pastor or whoever, and say, let's do this and that, because God is going to work, excited, and then say, you do it. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's true. I know it's true. And you come so excited and you want to do things. You know God worked in your life. He, he gave a wider and broader perspective on life and on ministry. And you want to go and change something and yet they don't understand you. It's exactly what happened to Peter. God has, uh, he had such a great vision when he was in that trance on the roof. God messed a bit with his mind, but the vision that God showed him started to mature in him. 
And he went to share it with his fellow Jewish men. He went to share it to the new Christians, because we're speaking again of the early stages of the church now, right? So these are saved people, but again influenced by their own cultural patterns. It was exactly the same thing. When God brought a vision to Peter, his cultural patterns didn't let him accept, by no means, Lord. When Peter brought the same vision to Jewish people, the same cultural patterns that he had before didn't allow the people from, from Jerusalem to accept it. They didn't get it. It was exactly in the same way as Peter did it. Because their culture didn't allow him, didn't allow them to understand. So what did he do then? Well, if, I, if it was for me, probably, I would have said, well, I know it's God, my friends. I don't need you to believe me. <laughs> I mean, God gave me a vision. I can do it alone. But he didn't do this. When the vision God gives us is starting to mess with us and to mature in us, people will not always understand. And that's, you've seen it probably many times. You, you come with something that God put in your heart and you want to share it, you want to encourage people to grasp, grasp it and to be part of it. They don't get it. And I, I'm telling you, we as a church should get the vision of this church. Disciples reproducing disciples. Yeah. This vision that we have as a church should be part of our lives. It should be part of everything we are. And even though sometimes we might face criticism, we need to do it. We need to let it multiply through our lives. Fourthly, a community changer will have patience. Peter didn't do what I would have done and they said, just like, sort yourselves out. You know, <laughs> if you don't get it, I, maybe God will show you sometime. But uh, I, I don't care if you don't believe me. He basically <laughs> says in verse 4, yeah, it's prob probably I would do that. <coughs> he says, but Peter began and explained it to them in order. Peter began, so it's Peter, the, no, Peter, the one that slices someone's ears off just out of, yeah. you know, when his emotions lead him, he just does something, you know. Peter that responds back to God by no means. The same Peter, he says, he began to explain to them in order, step by step. Sometimes when people will not get it, you need to take it step by step. You cannot just say, but it's God. Of course, it's God. That, that's not the problem. But people, remember, they have their own patterns. And they might not understand, not because they don't want to, but because they think there's something like a world that doesn't allow them to see. Culture does this to us many times. I remember when I first came to England uh, in 2012, to, to the Bible College. After a church service, this family invited me and some of my friends uh, for dinner after, you know. So I went to the house and as politely we always do, would you like some tea or coffee, you know, and I said no. And, and they didn't ask me again if I want tea or coffee. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, said, I said in my mind, what, they're rude, you know. See, English people are cold people, because this is what we say in Romania, you know. <laughs> Or basically, not just the English, the Germans, the French, like every Westerner. <laughs> yeah. We're the best. No, we're not. <coughs> so I was invited to them, and they, they didn't ask me again if I want your coffee. And you might say, like, of course they didn't ask you. You said no, right? That's what you would say. But in my culture, if I respect you, and I, you invite me to your house, if you ask me if I want a tea or coffee, I would say no. And then wait for it to say, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for you to ask me a second time. Come on, maybe this or that. But they didn't do this. And in my mind, it's like, so that's so rude. It's true, they're cold, you know? <laughs> so I spent the whole evening, the whole evening, not drinking tea, nor coffee, not even water. <laughs> not even water. <laughs> Why that? Because I was too proud to say, look, I actually lied to you. 
you know? <laughs> say, look, we see, we Romanians are hypocrites. We don't really mean what we say. <laughs> and they didn't give in. Uh, I know that Ma uh, Michael, uh, when I first came to England, by the way, Michael and John kindly offered me accommodation. I stayed for like one year with them. It was really nice. So we spent loads of time together, as you can imagine, eating. And uh, Michael, when I first told him this story, he then he started to tease me. Is this an English yes or a Romanian yes? <laughs> Is this an <laughs> English no or Romanian no? You know, because <laughs> it's how you do things. Another thing was uh, uh, when, when still Michael, I think. <laughs> Michael asked me, would you like a coffee? And I said yes, and he says black, black or white. And it's like, it's like, is there another colored coffee? It's, coffee is black, you know. <laughs> There's no other color to coffee. It's it's black. So why do you say white? You know, <laughs> and because uh, again, for me it's like I say I want coffee with some milk and maybe two sugars. You know, I say every single thing. And it's not white or black. It's black with sugar and milk. That <laughs> if I want to. And I had to learn this as well. And recently, this summer, when I've been in France, uh, this uh, young lady, she asked me, would you like a coffee? Uh, she, was, she was a black lady, asked me if I want a coffee, right? And I said, yes, black, please. <laughs> and she looks at me so offended, so offended, because she, she thought that I'm racist, you know? Because why would you say black coffee? Because of course coffee is black, you know? <laughs> she was like, and I was like, oh no, I apologize. Look, in England, and I had to explain with you this. <laughs> I didn't mean you're black, no, it's not, nothing like that. <laughs> and another time, also in Romania, I was to a restaurant and this lady asked me for, if I want a coffee, I would like a black coffee, and stays there. And my friend who got said he means he doesn't want sugar and milk, you know. So you see that culture is a big thing. Uh, when <laughs> it's a really, really, and you, you, if you are part of another culture, so you'll understand that there are clashes sometimes. It's not a matter of good or bad. They're both good. They're both right. It's just a matter of understanding where everyone comes from. Also in the Bible college, I had many, and I have many Italian friends. And in Italian culture, if, if I come to you and do this, like on your head or something, it means you're my friend. I really appreciate it, right? But not in my culture. <laughs> so one of them did this to me. And I, I got so infuriated, like my blood was boiling. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong with you, you know? I was like, why would you do this? Aren't you a Christian, you know? <laughs> like, why would you show this disrespect towards me? Because in my culture, when you do this to me, it means you want trouble. It means you think yourself, it means you think yourself better than me, superior to me, and stronger than me. And of course, I cannot accept this, so I will not let you think you are like this, because I know I'm like this, you know, and so on. So, but because I'm a Christian, I didn't engage in any physical contact. But yeah, but I was really upset. And he comes to me and says, why are you upset? It's like, like nothing happened. I said, what do you mean? Because you did this to me. Yeah, but this means we are my friend. So, hmm. <laughs> so, okay, then I apologize, you know. Because culture, it's, it's such an interesting thing. Last thing about this uh, is about uh, how we, I would say we now, speak in England. And again, with Michael, uh, in the beginning, so I remember one time he said, uh, Vlad, uh, oh, it's, it's like, it would be nice if you would help me with this, right? Uh, and I was like, like do you is, I said, is this a question or is this a demand? Because <laughs> it's again culture, right? Because uh, for the way I saw it back then, okay, it was like, what does he go like, oh, Vlad, would you like, uh, do you think you could? Just tell me, you know? <laughs> if you want me to do something for you, 
tell me. It's as simple as that. <laughs> for me. But then in, in, in England, it's not. It's, just, it's polite, and I understand. Now I understand, at <laughs> least, you know. It's a polite way to say, please help me, you know. But in Romania, I say, uh, <laughs> and please help me. If we say please, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but now I realized months after, it, it starts to become part of me. So the English culture, the British culture, starts to become part of how I speak and how I behave. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, you uh, English people, you have it right. When if someone says you want coffee, if you ask someone you want coffee, they say no, you don't give it. And that's really good because it's biblical. Your yes be yes, your no be no. Right? <laughs> Romanians are hypocrites and liars, not you. So don't change this. It's really good. Right? And I'm like this as well. If I go to Romania, if someone asks, I say yes. And they look at me like, he's rude. But I don't know. <laughs> I just say the truth, right? And uh, uh, some weeks ago, I, I wanted to ask Luke to help me, ah yeah, to print something for, the, for Rock. So I, I go to him and said, Luke, do you think you could do this for me? And then Emilia sends me a text and said, said, you're becoming English. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, it's true. Because <laughs> I didn't say, Luke, do this for me, because I know he would do it, no, but I just went to like... <laughs> <you know? laughs> But, but this, is, this, is, this is what culture does. We, we, see the, we see things differently because of our culture. And it's, it's not, it, that's why we need to have patience. When you try to share a vision with, with a group of people, you need to be mindful of their culture. They're not rude. They're not just blind. They're not, it's not like they don't want to serve God. It's just they... It's culture. Culture has a great impact on our lives. The way we see things, the way we behave, the way we do everything. It's interesting that when Peter started to share with them, there was a circumcision party. I, I find, it, find this really funny. What do you mean a circumcision party? For there was an uncircumcision party, and there was a tea, co tea party, there was a black coffee party, there was a white coffee party, and all these things. We have parties, and our culture pushes us to form groups and parties and take a stand for this and against that. And when Peter went to them, they said to him, they said this, uh, they said, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. And it sounds really familiar to something else. When Jesus went in the houses of sinners yeah. and prostitutes to eat with them, the Pharisees were saying the same thing. How come does he eat with the sinners? And you know, it was the same culture for them. Pharisees and the new Christians in Jerusalem were, were influenced by the same culture. Yeah. The difference though being that they got it at the end, the Christians. Yeah. The Pharisees, they just rejected. So you know when God brings a vision, you can either reject it because it's not the way you do things, or can accept it and say yes. He says that, and then they fell silent and gave God glory. Yeah. And they agreed, say, yes, there is truth in what Peter says. Mm -hmm. It is like this. And when someone brings a vision to you, there are two ways you can, you can uh, do it. You can say, no, it's not how we do things. I don't want to step up, I don't want to kill and eat those unclean stuff, like I mean, it's not how I do things. Or you say, yes, clearly there's God sending this, and I want to do it, I want to be part of what God is doing in this place. Sorry. A visionary is not a lone ranger. You know what Peter could have done? He could have taking that vision that God gave him just for himself. Imagine this. Because it was a great experience. I mean, I'm sure 
most of us have been through some great experience at least once in life with God, you know. And we just keep it for ourselves. I know I used to do this many times. Like, yes, God, thank you for feeding me and uh, all these things. And then it's just for me. But it's not what Peter did. It says that the subtitle of chapter 11 says, Peter reports back to the church. Yeah. Peter yeah. reports back. There was a vision that changed his life completely. A vision that messed up with his mind, that matured in him, and he was about to multiply it. Let it multiply through him. Yeah. He shared it. That's why many times as a church, we want to know what God is doing in your life. We share. Yeah, Report is not a good word, but we share. We encourage one another. Yeah, when God is doing something in your life, share to the church. Yeah. You know, at this moment, we're, we're trying as a church to help over 60 people to get to know God more, to grow in their, in their journey to get to, to get to know God more. But for example, if... I'll I just take Oji, for example, because we're working together on this. If Oji speaks with someone and says this, th she sees a change in their lives, right? And she doesn't let us know, how would we be encouraged? How would we know how to help that person further? How would we know what to do next? How would we know what God is doing in our church if we don't share it with one another? Just want to say this, share whatever God is doing. If you speak to someone that has never known about God, let us know. Let's encourage one another. If God has healed you, let us know. We need to share to one another. Peter, we, he was the man. I mean, we don't compare with him. Not yet. I'm sure we, some of us will do greater things. But <laughs> that was hinting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it really shared us. And Peter, a man of his caliber, went and shared to the church and imparted the same vision that God has given. Yeah, Peter went and opened his heart, even though they didn't really get it. And we know as... As a church, we are now in a season when uh, we need to step up. That's, that's what I would say. There is this verse in Proverbs 27, As iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens one another. And we know it's, it's a verse we use a lot in probably leadership courses and you know, some, in, in some areas. No, we, we use it. But there's something interesting about iron sharpening iron. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. As iron cuddles iron, so one cuddles one another. No, there is a time for cuddling, of course. Of course. I'm not saying I'm against it, okay? <laughs> but take two pieces of iron, put them one together, and try to rub them one against another. There might be sparks, and some things might fall off. Pieces of metal fall from the iron. And I want to say this. Iron one another, sharpen one another's iron. Sharpen one another. Yeah. And let the church with a vision to sharpen you. Yeah. It's important. I, 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 if you remember, Pastor Mark last Sunday said that he himself lets himself be discipled by someone else. Right. I mean, that's a huge thing, you know. And myself, lately, and since the beginning, but especially lately, I'm sharpened by Pastor Mark a lot. And sometimes it's not easy. It's like, why, 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 like, why would someone do this? Especially in cultures, I mean. Like, I say, why would someone... Not asking again for coffee, you know? And we don't understand that. You have to let some things fall off you. Especially when it comes to culture. Because God's word... Did I have this quote? No. Sorry. I want to, I want to say that one. Ah, this one. God's vision will not oppose God's word. Never. 
And the, the quote that Pastor Mark brings us about God's vision messes with us, matures in us, and multiplies to us does not contradict God's word. Actually, if you look at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, said grow and multiply. Yeah. Mature, grow, and multiply. There was nothing to mess with them at the beginning because they were just created, you know. So they didn't have a culture yet. But multiplication in God's kingdom is so biblical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should let the vision we have as a church disciples reproducing disciples to mature in us, to grow in us, and we should sharpen one another. Let, let, I would dare to say, let the leadership of the church sharpen you. Because sometimes we come with a vision and everyone sees the same vision with their own ideas, with their own eyes, with their own views. But Peter showed the wider, God showed the wider vision to Peter and Peter had to share it. And it's the same thing. You know, when I first came in this church one, one year and four months ago, I've seen some hurt people. Hurt because of whatever had previously happened. It was like, uh, if, you, if you know, like when you break out of a relationship, maybe for years you've been in the same relationship, you know, and you break out, there's pain there. You, you cry maybe, and you say, I will never do this again. How many of us have said, because we broke up with someone, so I'll never be with someone again? I know, I know when I was younger, I said, God, make me a robot, because I don't want to have feelings for anyone ever again. That's how hurt I was because I broke up from relationships. And in the same way, I've seen this church, our church, like this. It's like, I don't want to do anything again because he hurt me or they hurt me. But then in this last year, in a few months, I've seen how God started to heal wounds. Because, again, it's like over one year since I'm, so I've, you know, I've seen things new with fresh eyes, let's say, you know. So I've seen how God started to heal wounds. I've seen how God started to grow people, how to strengthen the muscles how to strengthen the knees and the feet to walk again. I've seen it, and I'm telling you, not as a motivational speaker, but I'm telling you that God has made you stronger. Amen. You are much stronger than you were two years ago, and now you can do something about what God tells you. Yeah. Now it's time, I believe, for you to step up. Yeah. It's time for you to step up. We speak of movement and multiplication. Move and multiplication. Movement and multiplication. And I believe that it's the season for the church now, to step up. If we want God's vision to be implemented in Bromley and in BCC, all of us have to step up. It doesn't matter if you are part of leadership, it doesn't matter what your title is, where you work, step up. Maybe God will send you as that person, go back to your hometown and preach the gospel. God will, you know, I always say this, can you I, will, I always say this, there are places where Pastor Mark uh, or any of the leaders of, of the church cannot reach. You know which places are those? Where you work, your marketplace. Jesus never went to the capitalist. He couldn't. But that man did. That woman did in some area. She brought revival in that place. And I want to say that it's time for all of you, all of you, part of BCC, to step up and to let the God's vision, disciples to produce and disciples, church's values, to be part of your life. And we can do it. Together we are stronger and together we can do it.